the worst moment of your life, the worst exact moment that you've ever experienced in your life, multiply that by a million and you're just starting to get an idea of how awful hell will be forever and ever and ever. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, and the president of Dayspring Bible College in Mundelein, Illinois. Hi, this is Pastor Jim Scudder, and today on In Grace, we're going to talk about hell as we answer your Bible questions. And it's actually the last question of the day that you heard in the quote was, please explain if there are different levels of hell. And I'm gonna cover that and also cover things like if God is long suffering like he was in Lot's life, but other times he seems quicker to punishment like Ananias and Sapphira and swallowing up people in the earth. Uh, so why is God long-suffering sometimes and not other times? So we're going to talk about those things and a lot more. Somebody asked, and we're going to answer this one, will we need clothes in heaven, okay? Uh, will there be seasons in heaven? So these are really, really good questions, and we'll do our best to answer them biblically here on In Grace. And if you want the entire Answers series, we have a CD set that we'll send to you. Uh, you can go to our website or call us and get that. It's 1-800-78-GRACE, one 800 Grace or ingraceradio.com. While you're on our website, look for the Legacy tab. What is Legacy? Well, a lot of people want to continue to serve the Lord after the Lord takes us home, like myself, and we have these short videos from a Christian attorney that will really help you think through some things that you need to do now in order to have a lasting legacy after Christ comes back or takes us home. And so that's ingraceradio.com and click on Legacy. The next question is this, why is God long-suffering at times, like in Lot's life, but at other times, punishment comes quickly? Opening the earth, swallowing up rebellious people, Ananias and Sapphira dying on the spot. Why is God's judgment instant in certain instances and takes a while in others? It's a good question. First of all, never mistake God's long-suffering for tolerance. Sin has to be judged. That's why I'm glad my sin was placed upon Jesus and I've received Jesus by faith. And so I have Jesus' righteousness on me and I don't have to fear God's punitive judgment upon my life in an eternal lake of fire. But Lot had many chances, didn't he? Remember the whole episode of Abraham saying, well, Lord, if there's only you know, 50 or there's only 25, for the sake of 10, he was going to spare Sodom and Gomorrah, but they couldn't even find that. So there were warnings. There were angels that came and took them out. And, and, and Lot was carnal, or Lot lived a carnal life among carnal people. He, he chose that life. The place that I'd like to take you on this is in 2 Peter chapter 2. I think the Bible really helps us understand this. Because 2 Peter 2.4 talks about God's judgment. It is going to come upon sin. If God spared not the angel that sinned, so what were the angels that sinned? Well, the Bible talks about Lucifer sinning in Isaiah, and it seems a third of the angels fell, so we call them the demons. 
Lucifer, the chief angel, the chief of God's creation fell, and he is the devil. And we know that God has locked up some of them until a day of judgment. It says, cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. So we have an example of sin, of rebellion, and God is reserving judgment. They already are being judged, but he's also reserving judgment, a final judgment for them. In verse 5, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah. So we have another big episode of judgment upon the earth. The world was wicked. The world was basically imploding with sin, with murder, with awful things. And God did not spare the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. It took a while for the flood to come, but it came. But he spared Noah. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. Here's another example of God's judgment coming upon the world. Sodom and Gomorrah, two cities that were wicked, especially in the area of homosexuality. It is a sin to practice homosexuality. And God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overflow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly. And here, the questioner was actually asking about Lot, and here's an answer from the Bible, and delivered just Lot. That doesn't mean only Lot, that means Lot was considered righteous. Even though he was living with sinners and, and perhaps he was compromising, certainly it seemed like if he was gonna offer his daughters to these homosexuals that wanted the relations with the angels, he certainly wasn't living a godly life, but he was called just because, I think it's simple, he put his trust in the future Messiah. Vexed with the filthy conversation or behavior of the wicked, for that righteous man dwelling among them and seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. I think there's a lot of Christians that you're vexing your righteous soul, not because you're living among wicked people, but you're compromising your life that you're supposed to be living for Christ and you are doing what they're doing. We know that God spared Lot and pulled him out of there. We know that a, hor a lot of horrible things still happened to him in his life. We don't know why God takes a while, but we do know that sin will be judged, sometimes instantly, sometimes it takes a lifetime. Why does God do it fast sometimes and do it slow sometimes? All I know is that Timing is something for the one that is outside of time to do it right every time, okay? He knows. He, he has reasons. We don't know. His ways are much better than our ways. If it were me, if it were up to me, I'd be zapping people left and right. But then I'd be zapped, right? But by the grace of God, who am I? To, to say, well, why isn't God doing something about that person? You know, we know that there's a loving chastening of God for believers. And we wonder why, you know, someone's just acting irresponsibly or doing awful things. And, and God isn't, doesn't seem to be doing anything. First of all, maybe he is. Maybe you don't know. Maybe that person is absolutely miserable, but they're putting on a front. Like everything's fine. It's not fine. If they're a believer and they're living opposed to God, it's not fine. Okay. Also, just trust the Lord on these things. 
Trust the Lord on these things. Look at Romans 2, 4. This is talking about all the same thing. Or despiseth thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering? Not knowing the goodness of God leads to repentance. So if he's long-suffering, if he's patient with someone, I'm sure, I know it's because he wants them to do right. He wants to give them time to make proper choices and to have proper thinking. And so we should praise the Lord that he is long-suffering. Next question. I know part of the ministry of the Holy Spirit for the New Testament saints is to empower us to do right and convict us when we are in sin. How would that work in the Old Testament? Great question. We know that the Bible says in the Old Testament that the Spirit of God would come upon people, but also come off people. So not every believer in the Old Testament, they look looking forward to the Messiah. We look back at the Messiah. Not all the people in the Old Testament were, the Holy Spirit wasn't upon them all the time. In Psalm 51, 11, David says, cast me not away from thy presence and take not the Holy Spirit from me. It was something that God would sometimes give to people, but they didn't always have that. But in the New Testament, Jesus promises that the Holy Spirit is going to indwell us, every person. Why? To enable us, to seal us, to guarantee our home in heaven, all of these things. We have the Spirit of God. We have the power of the Spirit of God. In John 14, 16, and I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter, capital C, that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. If you've received Jesus Christ by faith, you are sealed by the spirit of God. He is in you. Now that's good. Now we have the ability. Now we have the conviction. Now the Spirit of God can, when we don't know what to pray, the Spirit of God will do that for you. There's so many benefits of the Holy Spirit in our life. Now, how did they do it without the Holy Spirit? I don't know. They didn't all have the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, but we do. Therefore, we have no excuse. Galatians 5.16, this I say then, walk in the Spirit. The secret of the Christian life is this. Walk in the Spirit and ye will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Question, will we need clothes in heaven? I don't know if we'll need clothes in heaven. You know, Adam and Eve were created. They were naked in the garden. They were innocent. They didn't even let, you, 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 you know, let a little kid around, a, a little toddler, and they'd run around naked all day long and think nothing of it. But at a certain point, they start to realize, you know, this is a problem. Don't look, you know? And, and when, when a child is starting to have those thoughts, uh, that's when you start to really share the gospel with them. They're starting to realize uh, they're losing their innocence, right? And they need to know the gospel. So will we need clothes in heaven? I don't know if we'll need them, but I know we'll have them. In Revelation 19.8, and to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. This is the bride of Christ. And we'll have perfect, pure white. I don't wear white because as soon as I do, I have coffee stains all over it. So I buy coffee-colored ties. It's much better. So will we need clothes? I don't know, but we will have robes that are pure and clean. Are you ready for an adventure like no other? Dive into a world of discovery within Grace's exclusive video series, 
Ellie's Grand Rafting Adventure. Immerse yourself in the awe-inspiring beauty of the Grand Canyon and uncover the captivating evidence of Noah's Flood. This incredible series is yours when you give any amount to InGrace. Simply call 800-78-GRACE or visit ingraceradio.com. When your gift is $35 or more, you'll also receive two additional video series, a tour of Noah's Ark with Ken Ham and Ark of Noah, which explores the geological evidence that supports the Bible. For your gift of $100 or more, you can enjoy our entire Creation Series bundle, including eight sensational video series. Call 800-78-GRACE or visit ingraceradio.com. That's 800-78-GRACE, ingraceradio.com, or write to P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Don't miss out on this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Again, that's 800-78-GRACE or ingraceradio.com. Question, will there be seasons in heaven? This person is a thinker. Will there be seasons in heaven? Um, how, how many of you like seasons? How many of you like fall leaves and a little snow and spring flowers and hot summers? Here's an answer. We know that there's no night in heaven, and this is the, the eternal heaven when the new Jerusalem comes down from heaven. Heaven comes to the earth. The earth is remade. Jesus is the light, so there's no need for the sun, but I think there still might be the sun, the moon, and the stars and seasons. Why? Because in the new Jerusalem is a tree, Revelation 22, 2, in the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, there was the tree of life. So my guess, the tree would come up from both sides of the river, having roots on both sides, coming up over the river and into one tree, and it says, on either side of the river, there was the tree of life, which bare 12 manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month. So we have months, right? So we would have seasons. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. I don't think we're going to have the extremes that we're experiencing now on seasons, but my guess is there will still be seasons in eternity. Question, will we be able to sing the great hymns of the faith in heaven? Like amazing grace, how great thou art. It is well. These are great hymns. Uh, or will these songs pale in comparison? I don't know if they'll pale in comparison. Uh, I, I would love to know what the, the music itself will be. And I, I know we've had moments in our life when we've heard rapturous music, incredible biblical praise of, to God music, and it's been incredible. But that will pale in comparison to what God has for music in heaven. Look at Revelation 15, 3. They sang the song of Moses. This is in heaven. This is the future. The song of Moses is an old song. Moses was told to write a song in Deuteronomy 32, and he does, and they're singing that song in heaven. So they're singing an old song. They'd probably be accused of being old-fashioned, fundamentalists. You know, they're singing that old, old song. Well, listen, if, if a song has truth, it never gets old because true is true, okay? But we also find they're singing the song of the Lamb, which would be a new song, right? So I, I'm guessing there's a blend of new and old. I hope we get to sing, great is thy faithfulness to God himself. Good question. I don't know if that's the right answer or not, but uh, maybe we have a clue. Question, please explain if there are different levels of hell. Now, we've been talking a lot about heaven today, and I certainly would much rather talk about that than hell. Think about the most amazing experience you've had in this life, a beautiful vista, 
with uh, an amazing person, you have beauty and relationship in the most amazing moment of your life, times that by a million, and that is getting close to what heaven is going to be like. Do the opposite. Do the worst moment of your life. The worst exact moment that you've ever experienced in your life. Multiply that by a million, and you're just starting to get an idea of how awful hell will be forever and ever and ever. The idea of degrees of hell was written down by Dante in a script called The Divine Comedy. In it, Virgil takes Dante around and shows him these concentric circles of hell getting worse and worse and worse until they get to the middle where Satan is. Although, of course, that's not scripture. Scripture does give us some clues that there might be degrees of hell. But let me just say this and be clear about this. Hell is hell. Hell is hell, Revelation 20, 15, and whosoever is not found written in the book of life, those that have received by faith Jesus Christ, you're in a book of life and that can never change. But those that the names were not found in the book of life were cast into the lake of fire. It's a lake of fire. It's described in the Bible as a place of darkness, isolation, intense heat, loneliness, godlessness. It's a horrible, horrible place for any person that goes there. But we do get an idea of degrees of hell in the same passage. If you read up a few verses in Revelation 20, verse 12, it says, And I saw the dead and small and great standing before God, and the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. I mean, I, I would think we would expect Hitler or Osama bin Laden to have a, a, a deeper, darker place in hell. We would expect somebody that's abused an elderly person or a child that has, has not come to a, a, a faith, a repentance, a change of mind in Jesus Christ. They would face a, a special dark place of hell. But it does seem in these verses, the sea gave up the dead which were in it, the death and hell were delivered up, the dead which were in them and, and were judged, every man according to their works, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. The first death is physical death. Second death is an eternal death. We're all created as eternal beings, but we've sinned, we've failed, we've messed up. You say, why would God create hell? Why would God send us to hell? He didn't create it for us. He created it for the devil. And he doesn't want anyone to go to hell. He has offered salvation to every person. But you have to go through the way he has given. The cross is the only way to heaven. And if you don't go on the cross, you will be in the eternal lake of fire. There is a, a serious, serious battle going on in this world against the forces of darkness and the forces of light. And that there's no other way except for the cross. How do I know that? Because Matthew 7, Jesus said in verse 13, enter ye at the straight gate. Wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. There's many, many paths to hell. There are many religions that lead you to hell. There's only one thing that saves you, and it's not religion. It's Jesus. He is the straight gate. He is the narrow way. He called himself the door. You can only go to heaven through him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. 
Verse 14 of Matthew 7, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life and few there be that find it. Have you found by faith the narrow way? Not, not living uh, a perfect life because you can't, but putting your trust in the one that lived a perfect life because he did. Realizing that he did never sin. He, he never had an evil thought. He never, ever acted in any way that would be in a way that was sinful. He did that for you. He came to die on the cross of Calvary for you so that you can be saved from that awful fate of hell. Some people say, I'm just going to go to hell because that's where all my buddies are. We're just going to you know, drink and party. No, you won't. No, you won't. That's not true. The Bible is clear, and I think you know that. Today, you can be saved. I don't know about tomorrow. Why would I say that? Because what if you die today? You don't know. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to put your faith in Jesus Christ. How do you do that? Well, the Bible says we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. Jesus had no sin. He was born without sin, virgin birth. He never sinned, but he died for our sins on a cross. And he was raised the third day, proving that he is God. And if you will believe in him and him alone, you have everlasting life. You're in the hand of God. God can never lose you nor forsake you. You are born again. You say, well, what if I mess up after I've made that decision? You're going to, but you're in the hand of God. He's going to treat you like a child. He's going to lovingly chasten you, but he will never, can't kick you out of his family because you're born again. We would love to talk to you more about salvation and eternal life. Contact us, 1-800-78-GRACE. During business hours, someone will answer your call. After hours, leave a voicemail and we'll get back to you. And you can go anytime to our website, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at ingrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. We are really excited about our Answers series set. You can get a CD set and get all the answers in our 18-part series that we're currently in. You can get that on our website, ingraceradio.com, or call us at 1-800-78-GRACE and ask for the Answers series. Our special for the month is Ellie's Grand Rafting Adventure. It's a four-part adventure video series that will teach you a lot about how the Grand Canyon is proof of not millions of years, but of Noah's flood. When I have some PhD experts along with me and we take a deserving family, the Yarboroughs, that's who Ellie is, the daughter, and it's a lot of fun uh, to whitewater raft through the Grand Canyon. And we're gonna be featuring the audio of part four tomorrow, but you wanna see the entire thing. So that is available to any of you that give a gift of any amount to Ingrace by donating to Ingrace, you're investing in grace, you're investing in the gospel. We're very careful with money. We don't take any out for administration. We make sure it's all plowed right back into ministry. And uh, you're going to be so blessed to get this video either by DVD or digital download, Ellie's Grand Rafting Adventure as my thank you. Some of you wanna give a little more than just the minimum amount. So if you wanna give $35 or more, I'll send you two more exciting video adventures, The Ark of Noah, More Than a Story, and A Tour of Noah's Ark, both four-part video series. 
And then some of you say, hey, God has really blessed me. I want to bless in grace. And you want to give a gift of $100 or more. I will send you five more videos on creation. These are all multi-part adventure videos. One is actually diving underwater and talking underwater with a marine biologist, a PhD, Rob Carter. We examine the universe with another PhD astronomer, Danny Faulkner, and another amazing man, Spike Basaris. And that's a four-part series, Big Bang or Big God. We've got eight full-length creation video series that we're gonna thank you for your gift of $100 or more. And I'd love to hear from you right now. Dive into a world of discovery with InGrace's exclusive video series, Ellie's Grand Rafting Adventure. This incredible series is yours when you give any amount to InGrace. When your gift is $35 or more, you'll also receive two more video series about Noah's Flood, or get the entire eight-series creation bundle for $100. Call 800-78-GRACE, visit ingraceradio.com, or write to P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on InGrace Radio with Jim Scudder, Jr. InGrace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio.